Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's episode, we continue our series of short highlight episodes featuring our 2012 MFA and BFA competition winners. Our competition winner today is a BFA in painting, Lauren Stern, who graduated from Indiana University and is from Indiana. And we talked at length about her thesis work, um, the particular circumstances that arose that created it, and her love of observation and painting and drawing and all sorts of good stuff. So I hope you enjoy the interview and stay tuned for that. Once again, you can follow us by subscribing to our blog studiobreak.com you can check us out on itunes just search under studio break in the itunes store and subscribe there you can follow us on twitter by following at studio break and also you can get updates on facebook just check us out there all right here is our interview with lauren stern stay tuned All right, welcome back to Studio Break. I'm David Linaway, of course, and we are here with our first BFA competition winner, Lauren Stern. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're here to talk about your experiences in coming to art, and so what drew you to it, and if there's anything that you can see? Uh, Well, it's kind of funny because I I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, That's where I ended up getting my BFA, and um, I just drew and drew and drew even when I was really young I just drew the same girl over and over and she had this tie-dye headband and some flares and it was the same girl over and over for years um and I think it's it's funny looking back at that because of course at my parents house I've got like all these girls that I used to draw that are like framed (laughs) from and matted from being little and then here I am like graduating with a thesis degree that's all paintings and portraits of the same girl so um I think that the drawing the figure and painting the figure has always been really important to me I think that I I'm trying to figure out the world and I think that observing other people and kind of keeping a constant eye on on the people around me it really helps me sort of figure out how I want to represent myself um and so, yeah, I just um, grew up drawing and painting, and then I got to college, and I just had it in my mind that I can't really just be a painter. I have to try and do something in the art world. So I started out in the arts administration program through the School of Public and Environmental Affairs at IU. Mm-hmm. And I just I was learning about galleries, and my mom actually works at a gallery here, a photography gallery, and... And I was just kind of in classrooms all the time, not creating really, and decided that that just was not for me. I just had to get into the first drawing class that I could get my hands on. So um, I pretty much just applied for the BFA program, got in and decided that it was the best career choice that I could have done for undergrad. Well, that's that's good. The idea of being more in tune uh, to what's around you and trying to decipher it and you know examine that so um it's, and it's interesting too because then the most really basic kind of art that there is 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 drawing you know and so um it's very interesting and so did you have a lot of art classes and stuff like that all throughout growing up or was it mostly drawing until you got to college or yeah it was actually pretty much exclusively drawing and a little bit of painting 
I probably only did one oil painting in high school, and that was, like, a huge deal because nobody did oil painting in high school where I'm from. And um, and then when I got to college, that's when I started experimenting with, um, like, fabric and dyeing and sort of seeing what textiles can kind of bring into it. That It doesn't really play into my paintings at all, but it helps me as as an artist to have another outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, what were those classes like then when you started out, at, you know, in college, being around all these new people, interested in the same things, hopefully? Well, um, like in the painting and drawing classes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was so nice. I, And I must say, I hope everyone feels this way, but I must say that the faculty at IU just challenged me in a way that I I will forever value. And I think I think that even in the introductory classes, we were really taught to question every step of the process. And and that is something that you don't get in high school and and you don't really understand a whole piece of artwork that even you yourself are making until you have learned to just constantly question the color choice, the composition, the size and format even when you're the type of wood you buy to build your stretcher. And and so I think that trying to train myself to look at every aspect of the painting alongside people like Marine, who's another... Um, one of your interviews, um, we were studio mates together and we're trying to figure it out, out at the same time, like bouncing ideas off of each other. And it was just so exciting to grow up with this group of people and just kind of grow as, as young adults and as artists to trying to figure out like, what do we actually really care about enough to, to paint about really. Sure. Well, and, and so I know that, um, I would imagine then that the the figure was something that you kind of gravitated towards when you started getting out of those intro classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it helped. I took um, an anatomy class for the artist, so we drew half of the time and we took notes on everything from the skeleton to muscle groups, um, and that really really helped me technically. I think, and once I I started to kind of believe in myself more technically I started doing more portraits and stopped trying to kind of invent stuff I I don't know if that really makes sense but um I I like the figure a lot and I learned from some professors that work with the figure a lot and so I kind of had that around me all the time and some people I think can be a little afraid of using the figure because it is so rooted in art history and there's so much meaning that goes with it. Sure. You obviously are working representationally, but there's a level of abstracting out certain elements in your, in your paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that explored more bef- while you were coming to the idea that you liked the figure or that you liked the figure as a subject, I should say? Well, I, um, I just really don't like painting the backgrounds (laughs) um and and it sounds kind of like a cop-out but I just really kind of lose interest when I have to move from working on the figure to the chair that the figure is sitting on or to the 
window behind the figure. And so I think a, a lot of the reason I tend to to sort of abstract or sort of invent for the backgrounds is just to keep myself interested, I think. Um, and that's one thing that I really admire um, in other artists. Like um, in Uglo, I know that he, he works really representationally, but the colors that he uses are just, oh, they're just not there in real life. And to see them come alive is just it's nice to just have that sort of invention in a figure painting. And I just try and do that. Well, and it seems like too, there's a way then that you're either highlighting like certain things that you also, you know, are looking for. So for example, in some of the, some of the paintings that, that those areas where it dissolves, then it's just the areas that you're not maybe as interested in, but it seems like you're, you're kind of catching a glimpse um, of what we're looking at. You know what I mean? Like a, a snapshot, if you will. Mm-hmm. like leaving out editing out maybe some of the unimportant details or is there a level of trying to kind of elicit a certain feeling from the viewer and i, I guess maybe before we answer that even um we should pro- you should probably just explain a little bit about the the circumstances for these paintings that we're discussing right so um the paintings that we are discussing are from my thesis show back in may and they're all about um, the week I spent with my best friend who had just gotten into a motorcycle accident. And a little background on the accident, she was taking a motorcycle riding safety course to get her license. And just in one of the exercises, her bike got away from her and she ended up um, paralyzed from the waist down. And so I flew down to South Carolina, which is where she lives, and was with her for the first eight or so days after her accident. And that was what, I know this is a girl that I've grown up with since preschool, um, just kind of like my right-hand person. And to see her body just completely changed in just an instant like it her body is forever going to be different and and foreign to what I've known for these past like 22 years and um so in my in my thesis show I tried to take the drawings that I did at her bedside and kind of translate those into paintings and and kind of just translate my experience of of seeing her in this pain or, and just kind of wrapping my head around the idea of someone I know so closely forever being altered. And so these paintings are not so much about grief or pain really more as they are about kind of documenting how I myself process that reality of her accident there is a certain level of unease in terms of what people might associate with the subject, but it sounds like then that, that idea of documenting this change is, is kind of that thing, that transition, you know, and mm-hmm. I noticed too that, you know, the way that you title these are all based on, you know, that I believe that week and then much later. Mm-hmm. And so these drawings were all, all done on site, I'm imagining from, you know, from life and, is this just like a like at the time then? Is that like a like a way of, of dealing with it? Finding a way to deal with it? 
yeah, I think so. I think, well, she has a husband, and so he and I were in we're in the room together a lot with her, and she wasn't awake yet for a while, and and it was really difficult to sit there kind of in silence, and the only thing I knew to do was to just get out my drawing pad and my pencils, and luckily um, they were both okay with that, so... Right. Um, and luckily, like, the staff and the doctors were fine with it, so... Um, that was, yeah, more so for me, just to be able to kind of have something to do, because there's a lot of downtime in the hospital. Right. Well, and, and at the same time, I mean, obviously, um, I don't know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting way to think about it. And I think even just the way that you talked about in the beginning, you know, um, looking at things in a, in, a, in a way where you're kind of, I don't know, figuring out more about the world around you, discerning more about the world around you. I mean, um, this is a really straightforward resolution of that you know you're you're kind of processing this transition so you're recording it the way that you know someone might take photos or you know write a journal you know right um and so in terms then of of um specific paintings i mean you've got you know these really these really nice drawings and obviously it looks like you're you know finding certain things that you want to you focus in on or, or kind of add as a feature um so how, how does that, that process work into turning them into paintings? Uh, well, with, when I tend to draw, I don't, really, um, I don't really draw a background. And I think I might have only included one of the drawings for this, but that is pretty, a pretty typical representation of how I tend to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a little difficult going from that to a painting just... Um, because it did kind of charge myself with figuring out a way to do the background. And, and then there, there was like, okay, well, how much do I take from, from the photo documentation I have and how much do I really keep to that basic, like the way that I draw with, which is really just kind of like honing in on the one thing that really matters to me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think I'm, in the paintings, and that's what I struggled with a lot throughout um, working towards that project, was trying to figure out, like, how, how do I keep the figure so representational and then stray from that for the background and make it still feel like it's all existing in the same area? Mm-hmm. And, and that took a lot of trial and error, a lot of covering everything up with really saturated colors only to bring them back down <laughs> and... And a lot of working on paintings at the same time. Um, And I think that one thing in in an earlier critique during this project, um, some of my paintings started to seem, when grouped together, just so sad. And, And I didn't really want it to be a group of really sad paintings, more so, like more just a group of paintings that, yeah, are documenting something that is a little uncomfortable and and could have been really sad, but I wanted to do it in a more, like, interesting way. And I think that if I had kept to the, the background of that hospital room, it would have really brought down the intensity, like, that, the kind of, the aspect of the paintings that challenged that normal 
that normal image people have in their heads of of a hospital. So, mm-hmm. so that was one thing I really did struggle with, and I I think that in some paintings more than others, I I figured out a, an okay way to kind of stray from reality, but kind of keep it in the same like time frame as it's this real person that's in there. Sure. Well, and I think that it, it seems very fitting too, because I think when you get into, I think just the way that, that you get an impression of a place, you know, they aren't necessarily full of extreme specifics always, you know, I mean, you might remember something like the color of a wall or how light or dark it is in the room. And I mean, I think that in that sense, the way that you transition them in the areas that you're not as interested in, you know, it's, I think, a way of, of kind of eliciting that feeling and kind of working within that realm and it not being too off base, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even in this one, which is, uh, I don't know, one that, one that I kind of like is this uh, day, I think, day 2.2. And you have kind of these, like, uh, uh, horizontal pink kind of bands kind of going across the top, but I mean... I don't know, like, I start to kind of associate that with the types of things that you see in those settings, you know? And I think in that sense, it kind of feels like it fits into place, you know? Like, like they, they hold up, because I think that even though they're not specific, there's there's something done with a certain level of integrity that kind of makes them feel like they're, I don't know, almost like a like a story, you know? Like, like you're telling a story with all of these, which is kind of what you're doing. Yeah. And, um... I don't know, and so I, th- I think that's kind of interesting because it's a it's a way of kind of saying something specific without hitting you over the head with it. You know, I'm sure that um, you know I, I am curious. You know, then what? And I know that you probably must get this a lot. Then, but what what kind of um, reception do you think that you you mostly receive with these? Because you know we talked a little bit about how you know it's a difficult subject, but I think also it's. Um, it's something that sounds like you just obviously it, something happens that you don't expect. So, was that something that that worked in, in the end result in the way that people were able to react to it? Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people told me like, "Oh, it was like really touching." I read your statement, and and you know, I like got a little teary eyed, and I think you did a really nice job, and and so I. I think what I mostly want from them is that a viewer can look at it and maybe not identify because that is such a specific type of of moment, really, that I'm documenting. So maybe not identify with that exact kind of situation, but kind of kind of sympathize with with the feeling of what I must have been feeling um, and. And I think that that people kind of got that it was a way for me to work out what was going in my head and process this kind of accident or trauma. And I, I don't think it really scared people. I think it, there was a real danger of it getting kind of gory. And, and um, I don't think people got a kind of sense of gore. So, so um, that was mainly what I wanted people to get from it. And, and I think that mostly people did kind of get like a more understanding of what goes through someone's head when, when something really life changing happens. It's very, very evident, obviously with an actual work. And so, you know, I guess to, to get specific towards that, you know, obviously the, 
the drawings are done in, in what look like graphite or charcoal. Um, and so you just have a, a grayscale that you're dealing with. So what is the process like then that you start working color into the work? Because, um, you know, that's obviously different in terms of the, the type of drawing that you do. I mean, um, is it all kind of informed then? Because you talked about other documentation um, that way, or is some of it invented? Um, where, where does that that lie, that idea of representation and abstraction and that? Are they pretty accurate in terms of the photos? Well, um, I think one good example would be, um, I think it's titled Day 5. It's one of my friend with her eyes open, and, um, and she has um, one black eye and then one laceration on top of her eyebrow, and um, she's kind of looking up at you. And um, that one was the first painting I did, um, which was really right after I got back from the hospital. And and I was looking mostly at a, at a photograph, but I just started kind of intensifying the colors that I saw. So if there's a slight... And that's one really awesome thing about... Um, bruises on bodies is that they the colors are just so unreal sometimes that if you amp it up in your painting it just even looks more unreal so what was really cool about having that like a huge bruise or black eye to to work from was that there's like a tiny hint of orange right underneath like her bottom eyelid and so instead of just kind of mixing that with a skin tone, I just grabbed orange and put it on there. And that was so fun. And so I think it's little things like that where I can really, I can really play with, with the blues in the skins and then in the skin colors and then add, add that orange. And it just looks so nice and it fits in there because you can tell that it's a discoloration of the skin already. Mm-hmm. I think that was one one thing that I really enjoyed playing with is that her, in some of the paintings, um, her skin is kind of swollen, and so it kind of got this, like, greener tint to it, whereas the other people in the room, there's one painting where I have um, her husband and her dad, they both have arms, like, holding on to her, and their hands are, are different colors than her the rest of her body because her body was just in a completely different state and I think that was one thing that I could really have a lot of fun with and so just having that be like a a greener tinted body versus a a redder rosier tinted arm was really fun to play with sure you know no doubt obviously there's a lot of uh you know formal qualities that are going on Are, are there any particular you know, ways of working or artists that you've looked at that you're, that you are really drawn to in terms of the way that they work? Cause I, ha- I mean, I have ones that, that come to my mind, but I'm more interested in yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Giacometti has been one of my favorite, favorite artists from for, since forever, really since I first learned who he was. And I actually was fortunate enough to see um, a sort of retrospective of his work down in Brazil this summer. And I got to see all of these paintings and drawings and lithographs and, um, and sculptures. And 
one thing that I really admire about his work is that you can see the layers sometimes in his paintings because he does kind of tend to work with a limited palette, um, which I, I don't work with a limited palette, but he it's kind of easier to see his arm moving around because of the marks that he makes. And I think that that's the way I try and start out my paintings is I start by drawing a lot and my drawings are pretty evident. Like sometimes I've got lines that are like you, the viewer might have no idea what purpose they, they serve, but they're like the very beginning to that gesture for me. And so he's one, one guy that, I really look up to, and I mentioned Uglo. The way that he gets proportions is just magical to me, and I think the way that he uses his marks to be just one plane versus another and, and one tone versus another, and it's all working together. comes It comes together to make a form, and I really really looked at his work a lot while I was doing this project because I am working with the head and I'm working with the head in many different, the same, well, the same head in different positions. So it's a lot about trying to figure out how to create that illusion of a plane moving from one to another spot. Mm-hmm. So those are probably, the, those are the two main artists that I look at all the time. <laughs> right, right. Well, and obviously, you know, um, that's kind of the, one of the, the beautiful things even about social networking is that you're always being inundated with new stuff that you haven't seen, you know, mm-hmm. people are always kind of sharing that stuff. So that's, that's interesting. Um, and I, I know that again, it's a, it's a short turnaround cause we only have really time for one more question, but, um, you know, we talked earlier about, um, you know, you're taking some time off, um, uh, between maybe going back to school. Um, and so I was just curious then, you know, considering that you talked about this as like, uh, you know, something that was important to work through. Are you, are you going to continue this, this work at all? And then, um, you know, what, what other things are you going to be doing in the meantime? Um, you know, we talked about one of the advantages of being, uh, not, not having to go back to school and, and, you know, be clamoring for all your materials right now, but, um, what, what are the plans in terms of art wise, uh, in this hiatus or this break or, well, it's not really a break even. You're just an artist, right? I mean, you're going to be painting, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess from school, it's like an eternal summer. Um, but, but yeah, I I am finished with this project. Um, and I feel really satisfied with it. So um, I want to continue doing figure painting. Um, but... I also have been kind of getting into some landscapes um, and and maybe kind of mixing the two. Like, I love going to the beach and sketching out these people that are just lying there forever and they just stay so still and it's amazing. And hopefully I don't get kind of caught looking like a crazy person because it's um, really nice to just kind of take my sketch pad to the beach and and just kind of sketch out a quick composition where where I can have the figure lying there for a while. But, um, yeah, I want to continue kind of probably continue struggling with <laughs> inventing a background but keeping that uh, representational figure in there. Um, and I think that's going to be 
really challenging for me to not have that whole huge support group around like in undergrad, but um, that's probably what I'll keep working on for at least a couple of years before I decide to go to grad school someday. <laughs> sure. Well, um, you know, again, it, it seems very exciting and, um, you know, obviously we enjoyed looking at the work, so, um, you know, really appreciate you participating and uh, looking forward to see what else comes out, what, what's uh, in the future. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a real treat. Thanks again to Lauren for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about her work, please visit laurenmichellestern.com. And once again, those links will be provided on this very blog post on studiobreak.com. Now, once again, if you have never heard of Studio Break, we have a ton of other interviews, other podcasts and slideshows. So please go ahead and peruse those. Just go to the archive section and you can go month by month and see all of the episodes that you missed see all of the work and follow it that way so please go ahead and do that of course if you'd like to conveniently listen to this podcast go to the itunes store search for studio break under podcast and subscribe there we'd also love it if you left us any positive feedback as it helps get new listeners and others interested in this so also if you happen to just really get interested in all these different artists and their process and hearing about their studio work we would love it if you would share it with all of your peers all of your friends on your social media networking sites wherever so please go ahead and do that once again you can find us on facebook the studio break page there and also you can follow us on twitter just at studio break and follow us there and again sharing is caring so we really appreciate sharing the word and spreading the word of all these great artists we have on studio break of course, our music today was found at freemusicarchive.org, a site that I've come to love, as you can download thousands and thousands of songs, full albums by artists. So if you like free music and you like perusing, like going to a record store and just flipping through old CDs or records, it's very much like that. So please go ahead and check that out. Our intro song, This Company's Figure It Out and Taking Us Out, once again, Jazar look inside and lastly we've got some news so joining us today or tomorrow will be john philip abbott for a podcast so that's very exciting also if you're looking for shows to check out we have an opening reception for brian selke casey van heck and neil vandenberg this saturday at the peoria art guild please go ahead and check that out it should be an exciting show Really good stuff comes out of the Peoria Art Guild, so if you're in the area, go check it out. Speaking of shows to check out, if you happen to be in Moberly, Missouri, or perhaps close to Columbia, Missouri, you can check out my show at the Moberly Area Community College. There's about 10 paintings or so up there. Or also, you can check out my website, davidlinaway.com. And lastly, again, we hope that you like today's episode. If this is the first time that you've heard a studio break, please share it, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.